0: Hello, friends and neighbors in the Audio Radiance. I am Spider Robinson, the James
1: Taylor of the Stone Age, coming to you from the home of the terminally confused Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
2: Exterminate!
3: <laughs> Computer status report. <laughs> Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead.
2: No! Wrong!
4: Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
1: It is Talkcast 107, and it's your favorite disease night here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, at the sub-level 12, Pleurisy Ward. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight in the Revere Time Vortex, suffering from a crippling snark disorder. If Margaret Cho had a twin, it wouldn't be Kriana.
4: Um, <laughs> I'm like white on rice.
1: <laughs> oh from, <my. laughs> from the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room, showing symptoms of irritable vowel syndrome. She's quiet, but she's here. Zombrarian.
3: I'm not quiet, but dear. I'm silent, but deadly. Oh,
1: <laughs> from the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, suffering from semi-color blindness, allowing him to only see the colors puce in Burnt Sienna, when William Shatner sang I've Got Rock and Roll in My Blood, he was talking about Illustrator X.
0: You know, tomorrow may be Nigel Tufnell Day, but we have always gone to 11.
1: And with him is his Gross. lovely ingenue. Not sure what she has, but pretty darn sure is communicable in the best sense of the word. She is our princess of darkness, the dead redhead.
2: I try to communicate everything well.
1: Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> there, there.
5: And she succeeds.
1: From Outpost Califre, the Nymphomaniac Catch and Release Center, it's the Ohio State University Buckeye of the Year. And if you've ever been Buckeye, you know just how painful that can be? Captain Segway himself, It's Awake by Java.
5: Who's your daddy?
0: <laughs> What's your name?
5: Do you get it? Because I'm not from Ohio. I'm, I'm in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> who's,
1: who's your daddy? That's me. It's a who's your daddy. Anyway, our guest tonight...
4: I don't get it.
1: I'm I thoroughly creeped out, though. <laughs> and we're off to a rollicking start, aren't we? Okay. Uh, guest tonight, artist, photographer, animator, sculptor, bon vivant, and one hell of an interesting guy that we met at the Steampunk-Orama a couple of months back, Dave Gordon. Dave, welcome to the show.
6: Thanks. I don't I don't get a disease?
1: Uh, well, would you like one? Uh, sure. Really? <laughs> We 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 can work in rickets at don't any point.
2: I'm communicable, so hey, I had yeah, rickets
1: yeah. in mine. Actually, there you go. So <laughs> yeah. rickets is young man, and we're proud of you. Um, when we met at the steampunk convention, uh, the entire cast was just kind of walking around, going, "This is whacked." This is I, for for many of us, uh, myself included. It was my first real uh, face to face, <laughs> head on steampunk. Uh, wow, and. Wow. I was, no I was blown away by everything.
2: And it smelled so good there.
4: <laughs> yeah, Zombrarian and I knew what we were getting into.
1: Yeah, nice move But there. we had fun
4: laughing at you
2: guys.
1: Huh? And out of. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we, we walked past your exhibit a couple of times, and then Zombrarian and you had a kind of extended conversation, and she said, we really need to get this guy on the show. Lo and behold, welcome
6: to the show. Yeah. And I'm I'm very flattered that you guys were, were so impressed by the, the stuff from uh, the Charles River Museum of Industry that we brought.
1: The Moybridge
6: stuff was just uh, incredible. Yep, uh, and my uh, Moybridge stuff and uh, all the steampunk stuff that we brought along with us it was fun too. And it was also my first steampunk convention, so I was I was kind of blown away. It, it's
1: it's uh, it's a whole different little world there, and it's it's kind of cool. I like it a lot. Um, yeah,
6: yeah, <laughs> even sillier than a regular science
1: fiction convention. And as hard as that is to believe, you're absolutely right. Anyhow, we'll talk more about that in the second half hour. In the first half hour, we have got a week's full of fun to talk about. Starting off with what may have been the most popular Facebook poll we have ever had.
2: Crap! I missed this one again. You did. We had 97 people vote. Stay. Thank what? you. We All know of you.
3: 97 people. Thank you. <laughs> I know.
4: <laughs> Thank
3: you, so, Doug.
2: so we asked everybody who their favorite alien in a sitcom was, and while we did have one person who actually, a few people who said Manuel in Faulty Towers, that was not quite the alien we were going for.
1: <laughs> there was a wry sense of humor to that that I appreciated. Yes,
2: I, I do get that. I do get that. But so with our winner, do we have our drum roll, Kriana? Oh, why, well, certainly.
4: I should be ready for this. I don't know why I'm not.
2: Okay. with The winner with 18 votes is the cast of Third Rock from the Sun.
3: Boo. That's kind of mainstream. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell, guys? Zoidberg lives forever.
2: They were first. Second was Dr. Zoidberg from Futurama.
1: And third was Criana, and Ready third. with anything?
2: Oh, oh, oh. Alf. well, oh. Of course, we all know that. That was the name of my plan.
1: It's also what it was made out of. We
2: we know that dome was was uh, bringing his buddies just to load that one up. So
1: I, w- I was actually yeah I was I was trying to carboload for for Alf and very <laughs> very annoyed that he came in third. To the cast from third rock from the sun but
2: and normally i don't go to fourth but uh, because he had 14 votes i'm going to add 14 votes went to Mork from orc
5: there you go now
1: that's <laughs> classic <laughs> if, if you're going to go classic that's not bad
0: can i just Definitely. say how happy i am that not one person voted or wrote in for roger from american dad <laughs> <laughs> At the <show>. exactly
2: exactly <laughs> So, guys, this was really fun. Thank you. We will have a new one up ex- I- I very soon.
1: Very, expressly. I was trying,
2: expressly. Thank you. I was looking for a word. Expressly. And that's and we want all 97 of you. Hey, let's get a three more. Let's get 100 people to vote because that would be really cool.
1: Yeah, let's, let's break 100 on the next poll. and. Uh, well, and- Dome,
2: you can't pick the topic then.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly so, so
2: We have one We have one in honor of Veterans Day So you'll oh? see it ASAP yes, well, so I want to know, know what it is
0: And uh, well it has nothing to do with uh, Healing sick animals but, Well my you know, vote right? is Starship
2: Speaking Troopers
0: Speaking of uh, topics <laughs> The topic of last week was Boston <laughs> Comic Con And they have put up their Full list which we got a sneak preview Of last week
1: Can, can we oh, get yeah, a, yeah. a bad segue move For uh, X there no problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah, Bob, the guest list looks pretty great. The guest well, list was amazing last week, and it's gotten a hell of a lot better this week.
0: Yes, because Bob teased us. He told us that Sergio Oregonez was coming back, but he didn't say there was going to be a Mad Magazine reunion there. Oh, my God. We're getting Al Jaffe. made all those wonderful fold-in... Ah, uh, back Snappy covers, answers
2: to stupid questions.
0: questions. <laughs> Al Feldstein, who worked on Tales from the Crypt and Weird Science before there was a Mad Magazine. Paul Coker, who created The Heat Miser and The Snow Miser, is going to be there.
2: X is very excited
0: about that. Oh, my
1: freaking God, yes. And. Oh, hey, wait on. a minute. How about Ivan Rice? And, uh, oh, yeah. Holy crap, he's coming from Brazil. Oh.
0: All the way from South freaking America. You know what? He wasn't going to do it, but he heard, he was asking, well, who's your podcast?
1: Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, we, we
0: tip the scales. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, Boston Comic Con.
1: <laughs> when Joe Cooper needs a podcast, where does he go? Yeah,
4: exactly. Bang, right here. <laughs> So looking forward to that. Oh, Joe yeah. Kubert oh, wants dear.
5: to know what a podcast is. <laughs>
1: a well, yeah, there's that too, isn't it? Hey,
0: actually yeah. sat down
2: with Joe Kubert before us.
1: You know what's really, really cool about the Boston Comic-Con website right now? It if you go there, the, the, the icon for uh, Boston Comic-Con in, in the web browser is Alfred E. Newman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, I mean, you know, they're really working the angles here, and I like it a lot. And, and you know, there's
5: going to be so many other great artists, too. I mean, some of, our, some of the people that we, that we saw last year, you know, like uh, yep. Tim Sale and, uh, you know, all, all of our great friends. I'm really excited to see Ben Templesmith and, you know, a variety ben of...
4: Ben Templesmith? Yeah. Wait, when did that happen?
1: Oh, that's right, because last week it's he said happened. he was sure. Anyhow.
4: Wait, what? No, he said he hadn't even talked to Ben Tumblesmith <laughs> last week.
5: Well, well now he's, he's so... on the list. Are
4: um... you serious? I was so excited. We had a whole conversation about how I had picked up the first volume of Wormwood Gentleman Corpse and how that's the only book I would ever bring to get signed. Yep. I'm so right, excited.
1: Rihanna, you can get it signed.
4: That's yeah. right. Oh my gosh, the last time you saw
1: Ben Tumblesmith was like two years, two ago. years
4: ago. Two years ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when we had the Spider Robinson. Uh, uh, Gene Robinson charity
0: event. At, the charity at the event. Westin. That's right. That's
1: right. Wow, isn't that weird that we started with Spider tonight and we've kind of just twirled right back to him? It
5: is kind of weird. Wow. That
1: is weird. You know because... what else is weird? Oh, wait! Wait, wait, when he says, "You know what else is weird?" What should you do? I just did it. I didn't hear it.
4: What? Because you're too busy talking.
1: Say, uh... There
2: we go.
5: Uh, another thing that's weird. Thanks for breaking the flow. Is uh, <laughs> Helena Bottom Carter's face? And for some reason, what? she still keeps getting, getting rolls. Uh, uh... you know at least it makes sense cuz they're all creepy ones like her new role which is uh Miss Havisham
6: Okay you know what her face is not
4: as creepy as Liv Tyler's
1: Good boy I think they're both
4: pretty Liv Tyler looks kind of like a horse and well,
0: it's
3: not but like Helen and Bottom Carter is wicked and there, so Ernest so Dowdnine looks
0: sort it's of better. like a, a wrinkled clam <laughs> <laughs> From. What?
5: Well, I figured if we're talking strange faces, is that cool? Oh. <laughs> but I think that her, I think that her strange Strange yes. is is going to do a good job of uh, of uh, portraying Miss Havisham from Great Expectations.
3: So. And let me hey. tell you all the the as an, a librarian, I can tell you this: the one lesson you learn from Miss Havisham is that if you get married on your birthday you're going to end up crazy and dancing around a rotten cake. I know! So don't do it.
5: <laughs> if you learn anything...
3: If you learn one thing it. from Great Expectations, it's don't get married on your birthday.
5: It could and... also be don't read Charles Dickens books.
3: Yeah, well, true. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> that that comes there. from any Charles you. Dickens book, though. Great Expectations isn't unique in that respect.
1: While we're talking about classics... It was 10 years ago this week Yes, that a classic episode aired on television. An episode that not only spawned Lee, no. oh, Doctor Who, a
0: bunch, much older, much older. but Pop Rock <laughs> as well. Pop Rocks?
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayers, once more with feeling. Woo! Do we have a sound effect a from that show? Because we really should. We
4: don't, because nobody warned me that this was
2: happening. So
1: well, somebody needs, needs to, to sing
2: the mud song oh, again. Wow. Don't uh... let
1: him. <laughs> Please don't. But it's kind—it's of, kind of interesting that that episode is ten years old.
0: I don't want to think about it. Thank you, Dome. Well, let i look at the careers of all the actors who are in it since then. Well, let's see. David Boreanaz is on a really, really successful show. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't uh, on was not. Was he update. not on that one? Sarah no uh, Michelle Gellar
4: is on a not very successful show.
1: That just got renewed. Uh, uh Charisma Amber-
4: Carpenter and James Marsters just um. We're on, uh, they guest starred on
3: The Supernatural, and that was cute.
1: Amber Benson's yeah. a best-selling yeah. author.
3: Yeah. So basically, Amber Benson wins. Also, Amber Benson. Amber Benson has been on that awesome podcast, Sci-Fi Saturday Night. All right, right. And right. Those other actors have. So, that's all
1: right, gonna, so she automatically yeah, wins. Win. Anyway, think
4: about this Java while you're preparing your
0: segue. Please stop.
1: Please the stop
4: filling master. up our answering
0: machine. We'll get back to <laughs> 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 What about the ketchup?
5: I you know really everything. Every, everything really is better if if it's done in with to music and dance, um, and I think the same thing will be true uh, <laughs> concerning the new Godzilla movie.
4: Well, I... oh, oh, what? oh, what they're doing whoa, it again?
5: Unfortunately, unfortunately, you... uh, it, it's not, it's not gonna probably be like that. Uh, it, basically, they're
0: having music. Um,
5: <laughs> no. Basically, oh, no. Gareth. Ed- <laughs> oh, my heart. Pick him up off the floor.
2: on <laughs> Tokyo.
5: Basically, uh, Gareth Edwards, uh, who directed Monsters, and uh, and David Goyer and David Callahan are, oh. are writing, and, and Max Borstein um, is is going to finish the writing. So basically, the script has had three writers, but they want the all of the all of the talk about the movie is that everybody involved wants to fix the 1998 film thank god they want to yeah. make a godzilla movie okay. that doesn't uh, suck That uh, that isn't a tyrannosaurus rex with crystals sticking out of its back
4: okay you know what now all i can think about though is a big tyrannosaurus rex with crystals sticking out of its back using the electronic tokyo billboards as a ddr mat
0: <laughs> i had to share that with everyone I just want to point out that that was a movie that I was like, I walk, I was like, I want to walk out and get my money back. And Dead Redhead said, no, it can't get any worse. <laughs> and then it <laughs> did! I was wrong.
1: You know, Java, it's interesting that by the time you get three or four writers on, on the script of a movie, you pretty much want to write it off. Yeah. But in this case, uh, each one of those writers has got one hell of a pedigree. So, I
0: don't know. Now, speaking of questionable pedigrees for writers, though, uh, Marvel Comics had a series a few years ago called Alias, in relation to the TV series. That's right. It's an amazing story by Brian Michael Bendis. Yay, um,
2: Jessica Jones!
0: And it's about um, an ex-superhero who became a private eye, and it is, it is the most foul-mouthed... <laughs> hotty mouthed uh, comic book I've ever read, and it's absolutely wonderful. Cool. It's, it's Fuck being yeah. to, It's being brought to network television by the writer of the Twilight movies. Oh. No!
1: Uh, no! well, wait a minute, network television? Yes. Okay, ABC, yeah. well, it's ABC, fucked, I then.
0: believe, which is uh. It's AKA Forget it. So.
1: Disney's gonna do a foul-mouthed superhero. I don't think so. No, they're if wishes were horses. We'd all be eating
4: <laughs> that was totally appropriate. You know it,
1: evidently. Yeah,
5: and some other wishes that aren't going to be probably fulfilled are, uh, you know, those those wishes yeah. that um, the new Blade Runner movie is not going to be a sequel. Because Ridley Scott has finally come around and said, "Yeah, it's probably going to be a sequel."
1: You knew it was going to be a sequel. What the hell else were they going to do? Wait a minute.
0: If, if that's if that's the case, then does this mean that we get to see replicants age? <laughs> because well, I don't think the you know, cast is looking any. Uh... Well, I, oh, I don't no, think no. it's <laughs> going to be.
5: I don't think, do think it's going to be a cast. chronological sequel. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be with the the same cast. I think we're going to see. Yeah. In Something in the same universe later on I think that's what he means by a sequel
1: um, It's going to be a pretty much a story sequel But none of the original cast Has any intention of signing on In fact a number of them have said no way
0: I, I just see Jeff Bridges And a Daft no, Punk soundtrack there's
2: there, But there's no Book sequel to it either
1: Yeah well there is that too Isn't there
0: Not necessarily <laughs> because they left a lot out of Do Androids Dream of Electric's Sheep
1: they did, but it, it wasn't chronologically left out, so it wouldn't be a sequel. It would be a uh
2: Parallel <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. But, well, but... Wait, wait,
0: will we actually get to see someone run with a blade? Stop it. Probably no, not. No, seriously, what does the title have to do with the film?
1: A blade runner was slang for a cop.
0: Yeah, but
1: That was it. Okay. That was it. Right.
0: Yeah, the and and thing, Rick
5: Deckard was a cop. There you go. And it was about and Rick Deckard. So. And, and you know what? I, what I really think is, you know, everyone was really dubious about the Aliens and Prometheus project Ridley Scott took on. But Prometheus is looking pretty good. And it's supposed to be a sequel to Aliens.
1: Oh, or it was a prequel. a prequel,
5: prequel. Yeah, a prequel yeah. to Aliens. And so... We'll see. I, I don't know. It, the thing is that it's going to be pushed back. It's not going into production before 2013, so it's probably not going to be released before 2014 at the earliest, probably more likely summer 2015. <laughs> so we're talking about a few years.
4: And we'll you know. look back on this show and say, we were totally... Hmm.
5: Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, funny. well, we kind of said it might be good, and we kind of we're basically hedging our bets
0: because yeah, we're we're
4: gonna be right either way. We're be like, the original
0: Blade Runner is set in 2019, anyways, so it'll probably be then before we see the film. Probably,
5: and, and regardless of whether we're right or wrong, all uh, one of the things that we we can say for sure is that there will be a television show about Dome's sex life.
0: Yes! Actually, <laughs> yes. in miracle I,
5: that
1: can be arranged. This is why we have
0: widescreen uh, technology, lads.
1: Yeah, we have ways to make it fit, in any case. <laughs> Under the Dome strikes the story you know, of my life. Once again, yes. we want
0: to thank Stephen King for being such a fan and writing an entire novel based on one of our staff.
1: Which is really cool. Thanks, Steve. And anytime you want to be on the show. Even Absolutely.
5: more cool, I think, though, is is that Brian K. Vaughan is going to be writing it, and and yeah, he's yeah. The, he's one of really? those one of those big name writers from Lost, um, and, and of course he's been writing comic books for a long time.
4: Yes. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. You lost me at writer and Lost.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of an oxymoron, but that's okay. Just move on from there. Okay. Here's the, here's the disappointment of the week. Okay. Lost. I, Okay. No. <laughs> I'm busy watching uh, Lost Girl as it runs through season 2 on Canadian television and it is freaking amazing. Yeah, cuz don't get all like, the
4: Canadian cool. channels, mm-hmm.
1: And fun and all that neat stuff, but let me tell you, Sci-Fi is going to start airing it in January and there is no way that they're going to take these 26 episodes and air them as is. That I guarantee you.
0: Why? What?
1: Well, first of like, all
0: would it be like airing as fits?
1: yes it would be exactly why like. I, don't, I, don't
0: I don't see why, why they wouldn't, wouldn't.
1: This section.
2: Like, I heard somebody actually somehow during Halloween supposedly ran entire Ichi the Killer on television and I'm sorry I don't think that actually happened because you can't no you that can't. was on
0: IFC so I think it was about three minutes long
2: you still can't
1: Well, <laughs> the reality is that it's it's so good but the sexuality of it is so inherent to the story that I can't imagine that sci-fi is going to leave it alone because they're not well known for letting things happen.
2: Well, I mean, it's not,
4: none of it's that graphic. Uh,
1: season two gets very graphic.
4: When? And the two I haven't watched
1: yet? Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs)
4: Check.
1: Got it.
5: Okay. Moving on.
1: Set your DVR to stun. <laughs> Why do you guys imitate my sounds?
5: Because you're not doing them.
1: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Well, if you want one, you could just tell me. But like- by
1: that point, it's too late. On the subject of uh, sci-fi, <sighs> uh, or sci-fi stuff.
0: Well, whoa, whoa, are do- we going to talk about science fiction on the show?
1: No. Maybe. <laughs> the new Warehouse 13 Farnsworth phone app is out, and it's kind of cool. Okay.
5: Why do I have this? Can I just say this? Okay. Back when I started watching Warehouse 13, the first thing that I did was I made a ringtone of the Farnsworth sound and made it my ringtone on my iPhone. Right. Every time I watch that show, I think my phone is <laughs> don't to do it. What's the You might be tempted. Don't do it, because every time, and the thing rings like ten times throughout the course of that show, and I'm grabbing my phone, like, what, Why are lighting up? What the hell?
4: <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said that, because the minute you said Farnsworth ringtone, I was like, great idea!
2: i it to you.
1: <laughs> like, <yay! laughs> oh, man. I oh, want
2: one.
0: Hey, getting back to the Godzilla movie for a second... But
5: is, Must we? Is, yes.
0: is, is there going to be a really detailed plot? I mean, are we going to have character development this time? Definitely
5: not as much character development as there would be for Benicio del Toro if he ends up playing the Star Trek villain, uh, which is what J.J. Abrams wants. He wants Benicio del Toro in the ro- del Toro in the role of the the Star Trek alien for the sequel. Where is he from?
0: Is it a classic character he's playing or a new one? Who
5: knows? It could be... Well, I mean, given the, re- the reboot, it could be Khan. You it could, could be Benicio, see... <laughs> the is Oh, gone. my God!
0: Oh. Note to wow. Benicio, grow your chest hair. Yeah. Wow.
5: <laughs> I mean, that's... I guess that's... Exactly. It's really... It's really kind of up in the air. I mean, we don't even have an official title, and the oh, film... I, I've got one. Star Super Trek too. Yeah, yeah, it could be, oh, but, brother. I mean, he...
4: Wrath <laughs> of my crazy. ass. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: mean, it just so busy. I mean, he's gonna be, he can't even shoot until next summer, and so that'll push the film back till, what, 2013, probably?
0: Oh, something like that. You know there's
5: what? Supposed, you know what? to start shooting Nothing in January. I Nothing mean, Not if you can imagine
2: it. That's what being a scientist is all about. Yeah.
5: The, it, the only really interesting thing is that is that Abrams wouldn't tell Abrams wouldn't tell Del Toro what the, the role was. He said, "I want you to play the villain in Star Trek, but I'm not going to tell you who the villain is." So okay. we'll see. But I mean, it's going to be Davros. It's going to be it's going to be a Klingon.
4: Klingon. It's, or, or Klingons or Romulans.
5: Can I just say okay I, I just I just started watching Deep Space Nine. Um, Sorry, because it, because it made it onto onto Netflix oh. last month, and yeah, I I don't like the guy, the the captain of the space. Yeah. He's a I don't dick. Like... Guess
1: what? He's not very likable. He's
5: a he, dick. He's <laughs> he's not a very good actor.
1: Well, he's not. No, that's not true. He's not a bad actor, but. The part, uh, the role that he's playing is not a great one. And I mean, no. he's, he's not a nice human being, and that, that's all there is to it. But it's, it's the. It's a, I was,
4: was going to say he's a wooden dick, but I thought
1: that right be No, cheap. no don't, don't go there. <laughs> okay. God. Wow. Sorry. I,
0: I can sum up Deep Space Nine in four words Bajoran's got crinkly noses. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. You go out ah. to the deepest. Depths of space, you encounter an entirely alien life form. And what is it? It's an actor who has a wrinkly nose. Wow. Well, you know, I you, know
5: you realize that at some point, Star Trek realized that the people who are making Star Trek realized that they didn't have to create some kind of exotic uh, costumes for the, the characters. All they had to do was change either their ears, their yeah. forehead, or their nose, <laughs> and people yep. would uh, would accept it. Because the entire universe is populated by bipedal humanoids that look exactly like us.
0: Yeah.
2: We need some gelatinous cubes or
5: something.
1: Well, actually, I can sign in two words. (laughs) Dabo girls. That's it. Dabo girls.
4: Dabo girls?
1: That's right.
4: Wow. If you are any more lecherous right now...
1: (laughs) Sorry, but... We apologize
0: to our listeners whose iPods are uh, oozing right now.
5: Of course, if you want lechery, you can always look to David Tennant and his new project, Fright Night. (laughs) Because apparently, he's going to be doing a featurette. No,
4: there is a featurette for Fright Night with, with David Tennant, but now they're thinking of basing a whole movie off of his character in Fright Night, which I think is a great idea. Do it.
1: You know, of all the characters in Fright Night that reboot of Fright Night, he's the one I'd watch.
0: You know, I just saw something online. They showed it was like a picture of Yoda going, "You know, when nine hundred years you are, it looks so good, you will not." And then it shows David Tennant going, "I look great." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I had
2: that on my Facebook. That was awesome. Well, oh,
0: he's oh, only at, like six hundred. Come on. No, he's way older. In Time War, that's the beauty of Doctor Who. Time War, depends anything could happen. <laughs> oh, that's true. It depends on the episode.
2: He, Technically, he he
0: he's, uh, seriously, he's supposed to be a f- several thousand years old at this point, but he keeps lying about it. Th- they've talked about that.
4: That scallywag. He has, oh,
5: he has a reality scallywag. distortion field. Rep- uh, yes. The-
4: well, you know, in Steve Jobs, he just took it from Steve Jobs. He let Steve borrow it for, Ouch. you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, but, look
4: at that time! <laughs> and see,
1: <laughs> oh, wow, and the Steve Jobs comment just took us right to the bottom of the barrel.
4: Hey, <laughs> I love Steve. Leave Steve alone.
1: Yeah, my point exactly. Wow,
0: rotten and apples,
1: dude. From the oh, only no, person who's not. <laughs>
0: okay,
5: so don't we? Have I did question? just want to make one note. Um, uh, uh, completely on the side of true science as opposed to science fiction um, a couple of months ago there was an effort to raise money to build a, uh, uh, th- a replica of the Babbage analytical engine and they've started on it, there will be a link in the show notes so you can go over and check out their work as they work on it, if you don't know who ba- Babbage is or what his engines are, go read the site because we don't have enough time to talk about it <laughs> but I know, I know that Dave Gordon, our guest tonight, would be interested in Woo! seeing how this whole thing goes together, given his, uh, newfound preoccupation with Steampunk.
6: Yeah, well, Rampant steampunk's steam pretty punkery. interesting stuff.
1: Rampant Steampunk. So welcome! Welcome, 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 Dave. Well, thank you much. Um, as I said at the top of the show, uh when we were at steampunk o a month and a half ago, what what is the correct title for where that was? Anybody? The Great
4: New England Steampunk Exposition. <clears throat> Thank there you.
1: Here, here. And it was really, really cool. And uh, uh, we were all kind of, most of us walking around, entranced by what was going on. And we came across a... Uh, I, David, I, I find it hard to describe what it was you had there it was almost an exhibition it would
6: how okay, would you well, describe
1: me, what you brought
6: so, okay well first um, uh, I have a grant brand new gig which is I'm the artist in residence at the Charles River Museum of Industry and Technology uh, um, which is in Watertown Massachusetts and uh, this is a museum that um, sort of specialized in the industrial revolution and now it's trying to do this innovation thing so it's trying to get more current um, and do other stuff, and uh, steampunk sort of dropped in the museum's lap, so to speak. Um, so like, we have all the real stuff, and all the people who want to play with the pretend stuff have sort of glommed onto to the museum, and now the museum's been doing some steampunk shows, but it, it also goes out and it, it shows the real, the real deal. So what we brought to the convention was a combination of um, steampunk stuff and then actual Victorian stuff. Um, so, you know, we had like a steam engine governor that was a cutout so you could see how it actually operated.
1: Who did we just lose there? What we was that explosion?
3: <laughs> Apparently our steam engine governor wasn't working and it exploded.
6: Yeah, well, that'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah, but the cool so, thing yeah, was, so, you
1: know, we're, we're people are walking past it, and nobody really knew what was real and what wasn't. Is, was that fair to say? I think, you know, because it was all just so elegant and and
6: yeah, neat. absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, my my favorite like real thing that we brought was this gigantic cast iron lawn sprinkler, and it looked yes. like some crazy steampunk tank, it was, like <laughs> spike wheels to aerate your soil as it went along. You know. well, yeah, so it was just they, all just water power. I will admit,
3: I thought it I misremembered. And I totally thought that that was something that was like steampunk art, not a real Victorian thing.
6: Right. Yeah, it's easy to do. So, um, yeah, and my pieces were – but, you know, I'm a found object sculptor. And so I basically work from trash, um, you know, other things that are a little better than trash. Um, And I'm a tech artist, so I incorporate tech art. And I've been doing all this work with this Victorian photographer called – um, Edward Mybridge, who was the first person to photograph things in motion. Um, and I sort of just ended up being steampunk without even really, really trying. Um, so the stuff that I was showing there were um, essentially modern zoetropes. Um, so I was doing 3D animation and then using teeny tiny LEDs to uh, strobe them, make them come to life. And then that whole stuff Ooh. was hand So that was my contribution to what we were showing.
0: Hmm. Dave, um, what exactly is an artist in residence and how do you land that kind of gig?
6: Oh, well, um, we sort of, you know, there's all different kinds of artists in residence. I mean, it basically means you've got an artist and they're letting you do interesting things. Um, in my case for the museum, I'm sort of in charge of doing three different things. Um, one is that I'm, I'm trying to outreach to um, sort of artistic communities that haven't necessarily been really involved in the museum in the past and involved them with the museum's sort of existing community. So like we have for years, they had um, the Model Engineers Society, which builds miniature steam engines and works on big steam engines and does all sorts of crazy steam stuff. And they're like crazy MIT people, NASA people, um, machinists, and they just have mad metalworking and uh, mechanical skills. Um, And I'm a tech artist, so I know like Arduinos and microcontrollers and that kind of thing. Um, And having access to these crazy people lets me do all sorts of things I could never do before. And I'm sort of trying to get other tech artists involved with the museum. Um, And, you know, to do shows and also just to interact with these engineers. Um, Just like they've already got the steampunks. Um, And then another community is all the the maker-hacker spaces around uh, Boston. We want to get them more involved in the museum. So that's, that's one piece. Um, and then another piece is that I get to make artwork that helps to interpret the museum. Um, so I'll actually make an artistic piece that in some way does something to make cl- more clear what the museum's about and what the individual exhibits are. Um, and I have no idea what that's going to be yet. Um, well, and, and the speaking
3: of <laughs> the museum and your role as artist in residence, you have a show there, don't you?
6: Going don't, on right now. I, I personally don't. Um, right now there is a, what's called steampunk form and function, um, which just started in Halloween and that'll be up for, I think two months. Um, so that's all sorts of st- steampunk stuff related to, um, uh, the house, so home office and, and kitchen and so forth like that. And I do have one piece in there and it's a, uh, uh a light, which is on a bicycle chain. And, uh, You've got remote controls, and you can this thing all over the place. sort of automated lighting system. Uh, but there's lots of steampunk computers and uh, steampunk home entertainment systems, and uh, just really some very strange and wonderful things. So, um. sounds
3: that sounds really cool. <laughs> um. Sorry, I'm supposed to be in charge of the interview, and this is how it always
6: goes. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get you excited. Was there a robot? <laughs> yes. To a wonderful yes. Yeah, there's oh, a, we'll there's a paper
6: shredding robot, actually. Oh. So you there you go. go. You put paper, robot. and it shreds it. See if uh, there's ever, ever, ever a robot. Cool. Um, yeah, all sorts of beautiful stuff. So, um, how did you... What got you
1: interested in... You start as a traditional artist, doing sculpture and no. photography. <laughs> no? Uh,
6: well, I started doing sculpture and photography, but I wouldn't say I was traditional. Okay. That makes sense. And as soon as I found Photoshop, I just started mixing sculpture and photography together. Um, so, you know, I sort of just got stranger and stranger, and wanting to incorporate more and more wild technology. Sort of getting into that, that artistic science fiction space. Um, so I eventually went to a, a, a program at NYU which um, was really looking at cutting-edge technology and integrating it into the arts. Um, and that's ITP for any of the people out there who are fans of the place. So, and, so yeah. Okay, so
1: I'm, I'm trying to wrap my hand around. Clearly, you, you don't get pigeonholed
6: anywhere. Because... No, but it's a big problem, actually. It makes it really hard for me to get grants and find places right. to on. there we go exactly and I mean
1: I look, I look at your work I look at your website I, I look at what you're doing and I'm trying to figure out where the genesis for this happened were, were you into technology were you a science fiction geek oh, Did yeah. you,
6: 8 yeah? years old I started subscribing to analog wow. wow yeah nice. so you know I love science fiction
1: Okay, so, so, <laughs> so, so what were the writers that, that got to you, what, and, and where did that push you?
6: Oh, I mean, there were so many. Um, I, I think in terms of um, critical thinking and looking at the world, um, I think that's what um, you know, really what science fiction you know, pushed me to do. So, I mean, science fiction, essentially what it does is it shifts you out of place so that you can look at the, sort of the world's problems today without sort of having the bias of being part of it, if that makes sense. Uh, okay. And I think that, yeah. that artists do the same thing. You know, we're, we're re-examining the world around us and our culture um, in a way that sort of makes it acceptable.
3: So as a tech artist and a sci-fi geek, how did you end up kind of going, moving in, into doing all this steampunk stuff, which is, and the Mybridge stuff, which is all so historically based and kind of, you think of the Victorian era and you think of, well, they had technology, but.
6: Sure. Well, first, let me just say that what I'm doing with Moybridge is incredibly science fictional. I mean, I'm essentially, you know, I'm working with his images that he made before and I'm, I'm sort of collaborating with him and he's been dead for, um, you know, a hundred years. So, I'm collaborating with a dead guy to make the, a lot of the art that I make. Um, and that's really only possible because of the internet and uh, you know, the kind of things that I can have there and the technology that I have on the computer. Um, so, and essentially, I mean, the way that I got involved with Moybridge is that um, uh, I took an animation class oh, around 2000, and someone animated some of Moybridge's um, images. And I went, wow, that's really cool. How did that work? And the guy was like, oh, I just. Took these photos from this guy with Moybridge and, you know, threw them together. And I'm like, well, that's not that interesting. That's really derivative. Um, and then, like a year later, I started reexamining the material and starting to play with it and seeing that there were actually a lot of really original things that one could do with it. What, you um, use, uh, but that was you sort of the it? genesis of the Moybridge Was I'm just sorry, going used, and seeing it.
0: Did, are you using like Adobe After Effects for that?
6: Absolutely. Yeah, I started out using Mac. Um, uh, macromedia Director which was just a nightmare. And much happier. It <laughs> usually is
1: yeah.
6: <laughs> uh, it's the worst piece of software. Actually the, the first animated film that I, I made that that you know sort of won some awards um, was called Director Bugs and it was just about Macromedia Director crashing and uh, destroying my project.
2: Oh. <laughs> People really liked it.
6: So. It lost a whole film. It, it did this thing where it it said, Macromedia Director is about to crash. Would you like to save your work? And I said, yes. And then it, it just trashed the entire file. Just the whole film gone. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> That's like yeah. snark technology at its worst. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's like, it's like an
0: airbag fuck. giving you a message like, oh, you're about to crash
6: into a telephone. <laughs> Would you like
1: me to implement? And then it goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. You're going through the windshield.
6: Yeah, it's like would you like us to inflate the airbag and you say yes and it explodes in your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's this heavy reliance of technology in everything that you're doing now and yet a uh, uh, an almost edge of skepticism about it that that brings out this 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 melding between uh the Victorian and the technology. Wow, that was weird. Sorry, I just went off to Neverland there for a minute. Well, so that I know wasn't I, a
3: question. I, yeah, I got a I got piece of that, which is there.
6: you do things that we use unreliable technology, and the answer to that is, yeah, I use unreliable technology, but I try and use it in really simple ways. You know, I'm a huge fan of, of KISS, Keep It Simple Stupid, and I see a lot of other people's artwork that breaks down, and it's because they, they implement things in too complicated a way, and they move too far away from their core function. You know, so they're trying especially to do really complicated. Especially tech artists. Yeah, tech artists. I mean, you know, they're all experimenting with brand new technology. It's going to fail on you. You better have a good way for it to fail if you want it to be successful. <laughs> so it's all about failing it's successfully, which is really my strategy for life, is that I'm just yeah. trying to fail successfully.
1: That's
6: awesome. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's terrific. Wow. Yeah. So and just on this Morbridge thing, I want to mention that um, uh, in working with his, his, his images, one of the huge problems that I had was that uh, I couldn't find anybody who would let me use the photos. I mean, they're all out of copyright, but you know, I'd like go to museums and they'd tell me things like, you want to animate something with Morbridge? Uh, our standard fee is $200 per picture for a film, and I'm an animator. I need hundreds of them. So, um, I finally got in contact with the Boston Public Library, whose rare book department just basically decided to digitize all of um, Moybridge's images and give them to me. So, I have like hundreds of images from thousands of, from 11 volumes of Moybridge work, which I'm putting online for free and incredibly high definition at um, Moybridge.org. So, if people want to check that out, it's all free. I don't get any money from it. Oh, Um, and that's why
3: libraries are awesome, kids.
6: Tell yeah. me you're
4: going free to all
0: Free
6: as people in who- beer. Yeah. Yeah, so Go that's all my... All these
0: people that were trying to charge you $200 an image and let them know. It's like, by the way, I'm giving it away for free.
6: <laughs> yeah, and your collection's now not really worth all that much. Uh-huh. Um, so just like I made a film, you know, when, when um, Macromedia tried to screw me, I made a film, zapping Them. I went after the, the bad museums that wouldn't give me the free stuff. So bad basically, museums. if you see me coming, give me stuff for free.
2: That's, that's our philosophy
3: too.
6: And we that's will, what we say little, when we walk into a con. Yeah, pretty much it is.
3: Hello, yeah, would you like to give us free
6: things? Yeah, and I, I prefer dark beer.
1: <laughs> we will have a link to Moybridge.org on the website. And uh, and we will also have the link to your website, enlightenedmonkey.net.
6: Because how else would you catch an enlightened monkey? You wouldn't want to shoot one. you, you got to use the net.
1: <laughs> can we talk about your website for a little bit? Because that's kind of uh, really, really interesting.
6: Wow, um, i glad you liked it.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, talk about virtual kinetics and the art of the image, uh, oh, that which was, was the, show. the show at the Charles River Museum. Right.
6: So basically, oh, I didn't tell you the story. Can I, can I just digress and get back to that? Absolutely.
1: Digress away.
6: I, I didn't you asked me like at the beginning of the interview how one becomes an artist in residence. So what I'm gonna tell you the story. I, I had a um show up at the Charles River Museum with the mortgage stuff. Um and while I was putting up the show, I was working with the volunteers there and child proofing the stuff. You know, it's a, a very child friendly museum, so they're they're like the most destructive force, force on earth. So it totally had to redesign <laughs> everything to, to survive them. We're working with the volunteers and I'm I'm talking to other tech artists and I, I put in the, the the, uh, the um, museum in contact with these various people. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying things like, wow, I feel like I've had an artist in residency and I only expected to have a show. Well, the director of the museum was, was showing someone my exhibit and um, uh, talking to them about how I had said this with an artist residency and this, whoever this anonymous person was said, well, what would it take for us to make him a real artist residence? And they ended up donating um, $13,000. Wow! To the museum just for me to be the artist in residence. So that's how that happened. Awesome! Um, Congratulations. Amazing. Yes, I. Certain, nothing like that. I feel like I won the lottery. You know, and nothing like that's really ever happened to me before. That kind um, of patronage, they, patronage they
5: doesn't come often. That's right. really cool.
6: Yeah, and while they weren't willing to tell me who it was, I was able to confirm that it was not my mom. So that's <laughs> so <laughs> fabulous. Yeah.
3: Was it your grandmother?
6: Uh, no, she's dead, so I don't think that would be... Lived to 104, though. So, so who
3: knows? Maybe.
6: Wow. Yeah, I don't think she was talking <laughs> to the director. So, um, but yeah, so that was, that was really amazing. Um, and that's sort of the show that was going on was the um, virtual kinetics and the art of the image. So and the idea of virtual kinetics is that it's um, you know, motion, but it's not real motion. The whole show was about how we fake motion you know, I mean, every, every way that we have of depicting um, uh, moving images in, in sort of television or com- on your computer screen, it's all a st- series of still photos that are just projected right after another so fast that you don't notice. I um, mean, that's what the show was about.
3: And that is that, what that is did, isn't
6: it? That's the first thing, yeah. I mean, what he essentially did is he set up banks of still cameras and then tripped them sequentially. So he did have like 15 cameras in a row. And like a string and then later a timer that would just make them go off one, two, one after another. And that was, that was sort of part of his big innovation. The other thing that he did was that he, he just stopped time. Like, you know, he was able to develop film that was faster than any film anybody had seen before. So he could make images of things that were moving quickly and just freeze them. Um, very much like, you know, the strobe stuff later on um, at MIT. Uh, so but, I mean, uh, his it's funny...
1: Because when you look at the uh, the uh, archives in uh, the Boybridge archives, mm-hmm. um, a lot of these are recognizable. We've seen these all our lives. Uh, the f- the first one I looked at, I went the filmed first kiss. Oh my god! I I remember that from when I was a kid. And I mean, no, that's don't. been around forever. Oh, yeah. How and- was
6: she? The first kiss that one that nah, that one's been that one's been totally ignored and undiscovered, really. I mean, there are many other images that are familiar, but that one is something that I discovered sort of at the. Really? Yeah. yeah
3: Dom, um, you saw it at the, at the um, steampunk exhibition.
6: Right. Part that, of the that one that you saw display. at the steampunk exhibition, which is on the website. Right. Uh, we actually, I launched the website on Valentine's Day. With that, Dome, that. are you sure it wasn't you in the film? Yeah. It may well have been. It's two women, and they're naked. <laughs> Definitely wasn't.
3: <laughs>
4: awesome, but my favorite. favorite. Which Dave, is why it's not,
6: not a known image. I mean, you know, I mean, most of the, the images that we're familiar with Roybridge were picked in the 50s and sort of published in a uh, reduced publication, and that's what almost everything that you'll see on the net and stuff. It's almost all from that, you know, that book. Um, and in the 1950s, they weren't to print a photo of two women kissing, you know, especially as the first film's kiss, you know. Um, wow. indeed. So tells me.
3: Can you tell, the, uh, tell them about what he had to do to get permission to take those photos? Well, because I thought um, it was, you told so me much, all about it. I was it's fascinated.
6: not so much what he had to do to, to get permission, it's more just what was acceptable at the time. So, a lot of these photos, and this is going to help really boost my traffic on, on the website, is that there are a lot of them, are, most of them, in fact, naked people. So, you know, doing sort of everyday actions, climbing stairs and things like that. Um, and uh, he could do, because it was for scientific purposes. I mean, I'm sure most of your, your listeners will know that Victorian times were rather sexually restricted. Yes. Uh, so, you know, if you were painting as an artist um, nudes, you could get in a lot of trouble. And, uh, in, in fact, some of Moybridge's um, friends got fired for painting nudes um, from, from, sh- from the uh, Philadelphia Art Institute. Um, a guy named Egerton got fired for, for painting nudes. Um, but, um, uh, since he was doing it for science, um, he could get away with a lot more than sort of your, your average artist could. And all of, many of the photos actually have lines in the background, which he could use for scientific measurement as part of the anatomy and so forth. Um, but he was still really restricted in what he could do. So he could only show really men, um, engaged in sports or work if they were together. So if he wanted to have a couple together, he couldn't really use men unless it was sports or work. Because that would be gay, and they were all really crazy about male homosexuality at the time. And he, he certainly couldn't but, show um, women and men naked together doing anything at all because, well, that would be just far too sexual. But um, in the Victorian period, there was a widespread belief that women were asexual. So anytime he wanted to show something as sort of a domestic scene and have it be innocent, he'd use two women. Um, but that's now
1: incredible.
6: Yeah, go ahead. That's
1: absolutely incredible that that's how it worked.
6: Right. Yeah, Yeah, we're not that
4: innocent.
0: (laughs) Two naked women making out was asexual.
6: Well, yeah, and if you actually look at that particular set of images, it's clearly a friendly kiss. But there are other images where he has the woman take the male role, and those just come across as incredibly homoerotic now. It's like they were shot to be, you know, gay porn. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, it's missing the point. And what's I, the address
4: again for this edit. website? <laughs> <laughs> it, Here
6: it's, we go. Mybridge.org.
1: Yeah, um, well, guess guess who's posting it? <laughs> we will. <laughs> um,
6: yeah, I don't have a lot of those images up at this point. I'm on getting stuff. So I've got like three of the eleven volumes up, and uh... it's it's not a lot of the couple stuff. There's a few things,
1: but
6: um, it's a lot of the the individual needs this point um but um uh what what's amazing about these these um you know images with uh, with the two women and, and and being so sexual is that they're they're not doing anything sexual it's just that their their relationship is man to woman and they're not a mixed two um and, and it's they just happen just to be strange. naked and they happen to be naked yeah i guess that does does heat things up a bit there is that
1: <laughs> yes.
6: <laughs> so, and, and um, you know, it's, it's also, I'm, my background is sociology, so I'm, a, you know, undergrad degree. I'm really interested in sort of culture and how it changes. And It's really easy to go and look at um, this sort of Victorian sexuality as being completely nutso. Um, but it also, I think, you know, my experience putting this up sort of reflects on our own sort of nutso-ness. Which is that Moybridge took these beautiful photos of, of uh, children with their mothers. Um, we're both pe- naked, and it's nothing sexual about them at all. Beautiful, artsy things. Um, and there's a number of states where just because I'm posting them online, they could, they could come after me for you know, um, posting uh, pedophile material or something.
1: It's very scary, yeah. very weird. Yeah. And, and this and stuff it, is, is freaking beautiful. It's just amazing. Exactly.
6: I'm really not worried about it at all for for a couple of reasons. One is it's so clearly artwork. Another is that everybody involved is dead. And third, if they ever did come after me, they wouldn't be able to to get anywhere with the case, and it would make my career.
3: (laughs) So if you're listening down there in Alabama...
6: (laughs) Absolutely. Come and get me Encourage your
3: congressman to go after Dave Gordon. (laughs) And Sci-Fi Saturday Night...
6: Let's yeah. Not. yeah, if they try to prosecute me, you'll have me back on the show, won't you? Oh, of yeah. course. Absolutely. See, it works. Oh great for me. Um, you what, we'll have you back anyway.
3: Official podcast
0: of the trial of Dave Gordon. <laughs> you, know, you know what another word for
3: lawsuit is? Free publicity. Yeah, It'll right. be the next Snopes Monkey Trial. We'll be great. We'll be the enlightened on monkey trial.
6: Right, and yeah. Skype works in Canada, so I'll be all set. <laughs> um, nice. We know because spiders
1: in Canada, <laughs> too. But, you know, Dave, uh, I do want to have you back. Uh, I, I, I'm i just kind of mesmerized by your work, to be honest with you. Uh, I find it um, cutting edge and at the same time so steeped in the historical Victorian that um, the dichotomy is just really amazing. And it's a yeah, lot of fun a- to look at
6: kind of a good fit for me to be at a museum, a historical museum that wants to sort of bring in tech art. Really it
1: sure is.
6: Okay. Yeah, well, have me back anytime. This is a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Very few people actually feel that way.
3: <laughs> and we didn't pay him to say that.
1: No, we didn't. But we will pay him afterwards to say something. That's a whole other story. But we did donate an uh, unannounced amount of money to a
6: certain museum. Right. Absolutely. Because you guys have $13,000 to throw around. We absolutely do.
3: Podcasts make you rich.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note. Well,
0: wait. Dave, stick around after this. But... uh... Do we have the music?
3: Rihanna? I don't want it
0: to be
4: done yet.
0: Okay. Open <laughs> that. There we go. Well, next week, author Michael J. Sullivan talks about his novel, A Theft of Swords. At least they didn't touch its please. And on November 26th, it's Thanksgiving weekend. The guests are out shopping, but we'll be here. On December 3rd, author Steve Roman, they the South of can Laura Zwieback, on December 16th, we have a the of X, I can't hear you at all. That's because you're too loud. Tonight's outro music provided by Noise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes, and
1: did you need me to do that again? It might be a good idea, actually.
0: Good idea? Yes. Alright, for a second time, because we can't wait to have them on the show. Next week... Author Michael J. Sullivan talks about his novel, A Theft of Swords. At least they didn't touch his codpiece. Then on November 26th, it's Thanksgiving weekend. The guests are out shopping, but we'll be here. Then on December 3rd, it's author Steve Roman debuting the saga of Pandora's Wyback with his novel, Blood Feud. And on December 17th, we have a bone to pick with author Christy Christy Peterson Schoonover in her novel Skeletons in the Swimming Hole. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArt.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists tonight's outro music provided by Zenoise. Pick up their CD The Benevolent Beast on iTunes.
1: do I want to thank Dave Gordon for joining us tonight. It was an hour that went by far too quickly and Dave would love to have you back. From the revered time vortex the sweetheart of the soundboard, Priyana thank you for all that you do. You're welcome. And Grammar Girls, Ombrarian, thank you for bringing Dave to us tonight.
3: You're welcome. There was oh. another robot.
1: <laughs> from the four-color vault of comics. Great thanks to illustrator X and the dead redhead.
2: Goodbye. I guess I'll say you're welcome too.
1: And from Outpost Galifrey, our gaming editor. Thank you, Java. A person from Indiana is called a Hoosier. <laughs> See, <laughs> so, Hoosier Daddy. This is.
4: The I game. still do it. Uh, no. It's what?
1: what? Who are you? Lesson, shared joy is increased. Thus, do we all refute entropy? Good night, everybody.
2: Good night! Good night!